Hey, this is Gene Aversa. I'm here with my good friend Nick Valero. This is another episode of Serving Up Comics. Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. I am surviving the apocalypse. I've already made my torch, my like toothpick, where I can kill three zombies at once. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that Walking Dead uh, certainly taught you how to survive, at least, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already barricaded all the gates. Already, We set up cameras. We know when zombies are coming. Corona will not get me. <laughs> Justin's a pretty good uh, defense. <laughs> well. well, he's he's bait. I just tied him outside, and then uh, <laughs> I, I put bacon grease all over him. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, at least you're, at least you're good. Um, and today we have a, a guest. Um, he was a longtime friend of the show. He's been on many episodes when we started out. Um, it's good to have Renee Bravo back again. How are you doing, Renee? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be here with you guys um just again saving the next time to survive and everything that's going on right now and stuff like that yeah yeah and it's been a while since you've well, been on been on the podcast um how have you been doing like, yeah no uh, well the show's been doing pretty good so far uh, just recently and um but it said uh with everything that's going on i'm glad some things are around here are getting good you know, starting to lighten up a bit. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was just um, crazy that, you know, pandemic literally just stopped everything. And, um, and Renee, we were having you on just kind of to, just to kind of show um, or, you know, talk about the state of uh, just comic book stores right now. Um, you work at Undercity in Whittier, California, mm-hmm. and... Can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, when the week when that uh, stay-at-home order issued, like what what went down? What was the the vibe in the comic store? Because you are, yeah, you've been working there for a while. Yeah. So when the stay-at-home order was issued, and you know, it was for everyone just to stay at home. We necessarily were on the guidelines of not. It wasn't when they were. Sh- and that's essential businesses only. It was mostly like anyone just kind of like stay home. And um, we were still open because basically uh, our distributor was still sending comic books to us. So we were thinking, okay, well, if our distributor is still sending us books, then we can potentially still stay open for the time being. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then when they issued that only essential businesses were going to be open, we were like, oh, crap. Okay, well... Still, for the little time being when that got announced, we were still technically open, but mm-hmm. then our distributor, Diamond, is located, I believe, Maryland. Okay. Yes. And when they, they were, that state was locked down, so they couldn't send yeah. anything. And they told us, well, no more new comics until the near time future. So we had to temporarily shut down. Uh, the owner of the establishment, Susan, she was still running things but mostly online stuff mm-hmm. and it was mostly stuff that she already had so it wasn't any newer stuff so she was still mm-hmm. going on with the business but the thing was is that she couldn't keep me for the time being you know because we make most of our money selling our the newer products right right so was it all inventory you were selling for yeah, the time it was all yeah it was all in-store inventory that she was selling we were we just organized everything and basically put everything away and basically i was um i was on quote unquote furlough until until she until the everything got back to normal 
for a good two months. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's tough. I mean, did you like, um, you know, because it's, it's, you know, there's, you know, it's been two months and it feels like almost like another lifetime ago. I know, right? Is. The yeah. the one thing that I was getting asked before we closed was that our comments done, and I said no, I don't believe so. People were telling me, are digital comics going to be a thing now? Is that going to be the new thing? Mm-hmm. And I kind of laughed at that. Yeah. I, was, I was like thinking about it, and I'm like, well, paper comic books are basically like how vinyl records are. They're still around, but they're never going to be truly gone. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. The 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 thing that I was uh, going over with Gene a couple of weeks ago when we uh, on, our, on one of the other episodes is that it's not necessarily that they're going to be going out of style. It's more that it's going to be coming from convenience, and it's also going to be out of habit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That people getting comics from online is because, you know, it, it, takes 90, it takes 90 days in order for you to form a new habit. So if, yeah. you're, if you're habitually going online and getting your comics and getting your comics, and it becomes a little bit easier to do, not only, you know, instead of having to go to the store, picking up your comics, doing everything like that, it, it may slow some of the business for comic book stores. Yeah. But, but you guys um, at Undercity, I mean, you have a very dedicated following. Like, you know, you do the pull list. I'm on there. <laughs> I, think yeah. I'm on there. I think I'm on there, but I haven't, like, picked up my comics in, like, few years. Dang, Nick, you, you, need to, you need to go pick it up right now. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I had like a, I think I had like a, like a standing like thing for like a couple of Batman issues, okay. and then like I just yeah. never came to pick them up. <laughs> Renee, can you can you, yeah. com- can you confirm if Nick's comics are still there? No, I think I think the pull list only holds them for like what two weeks, and then after that they throw them back out, so that way everybody else can get them. We give, well, like, for new people, we give them, like, a good little month. But for people that are, like, your guys' status, we try to, like, give you some leeway. Maybe, like, two months, stuff happens. Yeah. And stuff like but if it's, like, two months of just total nothing, then we don't feel bad when we put it back out, you know? I was going to say with pandemics being exempt, right? Because I, I maybe have something on the pool list that I haven't gotten yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, be without uh, comic book stores, you know. Oh yeah, me too, because that's my job. But yeah, <laughs> well, like, just you know, just the the you know, just like you know, because uh, you know, I love Undercity. It's you know, you guys create a very uh, hangout sort of atmosphere at the store. You know, you're really friendly, of course. You're a cool dude, and yeah, it's just like going like uh, hanging out with like friends and. You know, comic book stores really, really like um, kind of promote just the the just the readership of like comics and like keeping on a title for months and seeing the story develop and you know having someone hold on to a comic for you. Um, you know, I just can't get that with digital. Just no, seriously, yeah. And then also, you know, it's also the value of when you get a comic book that's like a, either like a like a first edition or a, a first appearance of someone, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have you can't have that value when it comes to a digital comic, you know. Right. Well, the only the other issue is that it, the only problem with uh, digital comics as well is that it actually does def- affect the value of a specific comic as well, because mm-hmm. first editions are amazing, and especially 
you know, the the fact that there's only so many printed or anything yeah. like that. But the idea of uh, a comic book having a value is that it was only printed so many times and you can't find it anywhere else. You can't yeah. read it or anything else. So, you know, the the online comic book situation does kind of devalue comic books in a way where, you know, co- some collectors who, you know, they search their entire lives trying to find a specific comic book because, you know, they wanted to see how the story ends or they want to do anything like that. It, it does kind of affect that notion of, well, I can just get it online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to no offense to people that read online comics, get it when people do that. It's cheaper, quicker, no hassle. You just want to read the story, you know, but at the same time, it's like, uh, personally for me, as a comic book collector for like 10 plus years, you know, I, you know, I feel cheated if I'm going to read a comic book online. Right. Yeah. Um, also just, um, you know, also like streaming services, they don't always have that certain title. And I would think, you know, what's the, like the, like lasting value of some of the digital comics. Like if you lose like your information or, you know, they lose something. Yeah. Server. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've used like Comixology like a few times and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think on DC Universe, they offer digital comics as well. Yeah, that's where I've been reading most of my most of my comics lately. Like all my Batman comics and stuff like that, I picked it up on DC <laughs> Universe. Uh, Star Wars comics, I've been reading it online, uh, just getting like the Kindle version. Now I can just read it on my phone. So I mean, it, there is that that there is that notion of just you know it, it's a lot easier, a lot more convenient. I can just download it while you know I'm cooking breakfast, and then I can read it later on. Yeah, uh, there's some people out there that have a schedule where they can't fit buying comics in their day to day lives and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for a while there, I know that, what was it, like, it was really hard for me to, like, show up to a comic, to, like, go to Undercity, <laughs> on, like, on a Wednesday or on a Thursday when, like, those comics came, and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, because I remember walking in one day and just telling you, hey, man, do you have this? And you were like, dude, they're gone, like, they're it's... all gone, like, all of them got picked up this morning, and I think that's <laughs> when, and I think that was in the very beginning when I first started going to Undercity, and you were like, why don't you just start a pull list, and then I can just put it away for you. And that's mm-hmm. how that pull list thing kind of uh, like really like started grabbing people. But yeah, that's the that's the only issue is that I know some people you know some comic book stores they don't offer pull lists. You don't mm-hmm. have it where you know people get you can hold on to a comic for them or you can do anything like that. Um, so yeah, so I, I do see the 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 simplicity and also I understand the the idea of collecting. I mean I'm a collector. I love collecting you know pop figures, coins, stuff like that. Uh, even comic yeah, books. Yeah, so I have a, I have I have that uh, limited edition. Uh, it's an aluminum back backed uh, issue 100, where the issue is actually uh, completely uh, aluminum on the outside, hmm. and I I love that issue. I think it's like worth like 60, 70 bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's where Glenn dies? Huh? It's where Glenn dies, right? Uh, yeah, it is when Glenn dies. Uh, not only that, but also it's uh, I also got uh, Michael Rooker to sign it. Oh. You know, my, Michael Rooker's actually he actually signed the the top of it and I I want to get uh what is it I, I want to get a couple other people to sign it as well because that would be kind of cool just to have like a bunch of like people who worked on either the movie or the comic book sign it 
yeah stuff like that just so that we can collect value but i mean e- even that i like i cherish that thing like uh even when i used to like run a comic book club i like my students would ask me can i can you bring that in so that we could, like look at what a basket is club yeah like just like look at it and i was like no no i don't like take it out of the house like it, it stays in a plastic and it stays like away from the sun <laughs> yeah it's in a safe with uh biometric Locks on it. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, like I, I, I make sure to like keep it like out of the way of anybody else, and like I barely let anybody see it. Like only people like that I know know how to handle comics and stuff like that. So I mean, there are those things where I think that comic book, comic book collecting is never gonna die. But I do mm-hmm. think that like the idea of going to it, going to a comic book store every week is going to kind of may, not necessarily fade away, but it's not gonna become like the norm. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I think. We're just in this weird um, transitional phase right now. Mm. Just you know, it's just un- well, I'm kind of unprecedented in this uh, in this time, um, and you know, people are um, kind of adjusting. Uh, Renee, just going off that, can you tell us how you know when you got what was when you got the call to uh, you know they were gonna start distributing again? What were what were can you take us through that? What were like the safety precautions? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so when when Diamond finally announced that they were going to start um, sending comic books back, the one the one thing that I told Susan, uh, the owner of Undercity, she, I asked, so what are so what are the ground rules? Are we back to being like in lockdown? Because before before we closed officially, we were mm-hmm. doing curbside pickups. I had to lock the door. Only uh, you oh had to God. call in and make a and make an appointment essentially. Yeah, very high stress. Everyone was like, you know, what what do we need to do? And we basically took extra precautions. But then this was before we closed. Where yeah, I had to, I had to lock the door. You had to make an appointment. No random walk-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, that was and that really hurt us as a business as well too because mm-hmm. we kind of rely on walk-ins. Yeah, that is kind of like your bread and butter right there. It's just like people who walk in randomly. Yeah, because you know when people are just walking around. On a Saturday day, like especially on Saturdays, it was mm-hmm. we get a lot of families, couples yeah. would come and they come in and they want to spend money, which is nice. And so we couldn't do that anymore. When so when Susan called me and let me know that we were going to open the store again, she told me exactly what was the plan. Basically, it wasn't going to be like how it was right before we opened. We were going to basically be open to the public. So we had our sign on. Uh, she mm-hmm. says that just wear a mask at all times. Make sure that anyone that comes in wears a mask. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to wear gloves. If you want to wear gloves, that's fine too. But just make sure we wipe down everything that's frequently touched at the end of the day or in between when customers are in and out and stuff. And um, limited to maybe about seven people in the store. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if the store becomes too much or too overcrowded, Please ask people to wait outside until they see one person leaves, then they can come in. Hmm. So that's what we're doing right now. We opened on Wednesday, ready to go. And we got it. It was a small week this this past week because, you know, it was just coming back. Yeah. Everyone assumed that it was going to be a big haul of stuff. I go, no, it's going to be a process because everything is essentially pushed back now. Yeah. And, um, Basically, we're going to be behind schedule on certain dates for comic books, but 
this this week coming up, or no, no, this week actually on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, will be a big haul of comics because Marvel and DC are putting out a good chunk of their to try to play catch up now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I would imagine it's just like a lot of inventory. Um, where I remember they were showing um, someone like Tom King was showing like photos of Strange Strange Adventures like two or something. Yeah, and, like they're they're out there. It's like mythical objects. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like they had no distributor, right? Yeah, no distributor. DC actually decided to jump the gun a bit and release certain books. Okay. Independent distributor or a smaller distributor, I think, because they wanted to put something out there. Right. Uh, in print, there should be like a Flash issue, a Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and I think uh, like a Hawkman or something like that. It wasn't a lot. Like two or three books, and people were like, are those comics are you not getting? I go, we're still going to get those comics. It's just a matter of like, Gonna put them out. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, because it's like two months of uh, backlog. That's, um, you know, that's very, yeah, very like unprecedented. And how, how are you feeling just like uh, when you came back to the store? Were you like, was it like uh, anxious or whatever? Or wait, excuse me, was it anxious or um, any anxiety just like dealing with? you know, people in the middle of a pandemic or anything? So, you know, when it came to me in this pandemic, I wasn't necessarily afraid, but I was taking precautions, as anyone mm-hmm. should, you know, because yeah. you don't, like, don't want to cause any sort of, you know, anxiety amongst other people when they come inside the store, because that's not what we do, or that's not what I want. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I took my precautions, but when I came back, you know, I was a little nervous, but then also very anxious. I was more anxious than nervous, but it was. It, it did feel great to come back and talk to people yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Social distance. We still have to take social distancing within the store, which I get. You know, because there, you get the mix of people that what they think about this whole thing, and then they're not very cautious. But then you get the very cautious people. Yeah. yeah. They just come in and get out. You know, and I still try to be a good you know, giving good customer service, but at the same time, it's hard when you have these kind of like um, thick-headed people right. taking this so, so seriously to like to the point where it's like, you need to kind of lighten up. But I get what you're trying to do, but you need to kind of lighten up. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, No, I mean, I, I know that, you know, social distancing is, a lot of people aren't, some people aren't taking it, you know, seriously. Some people are. Um, yeah, it, it does need to be, you know, it does need to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that even when we, when I closed, uh, when I helped close my program, they, like all the kids were, you know, still giving each other hugs. They were still like, you know, uh, yeah, giving no. each other high fives. And it was one of those things of like, you know, we, it, it feels really weird whenever you tell, like when you were trying to tell a bunch of kids, uh, not to show affection. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, like, oh, you guys can't really hug, or you, you like, make sure to wash your hands consistently, or everything like that. I mean, especially since I work with, like, you know, four, like, four or five-year-olds, a lot of times, like, they pick their nose, they, you know, do whatever. I had one student yeah. who thought it was funny to spit on people. Uh, oh, so, yeah. That's... yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. what was it? So, I mean, you know, especially working with kids or working, you know, with customer service or doing anything of the sort, you know, it, it does kind of make this thing of, you know, we we understand that we don't want to give, you know, give you anxiety by doing, you know, your regular daily activities, but you still need to be cautious. We still need to kind of do guidelines just so that way, you know, we can get back to regular life. We can get back to, you know, not having to take these precautions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we do all this work, I mean, you know, hopefully things could go normalish in the next like couple months, you know? At least in LA, right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom's been really good about you know doing everything that he can to get the state back and running, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a while until everything is kind of back to normal. I'm guessing yeah. not until next year. Once yeah. next year, I'm assuming it's gonna be kind of back. I thought it was weird this year. I didn't get to go to Anime Expo. Didn't get to go mm-hmm. to Comic Con uh, LA, which is also today. Uh, they were doing yeah. a live stream. Uh, I didn't get to go to E3. I mean, it felt really everything weird. Everything was canceled, yeah. Yeah, even WonderCon yeah. was like, everything was canceled, oh, man. I had tickets for that, too. Yeah, and it, it was one of those things of like, fuck, like we can't go to, to anything. Uh, we can't go yeah. to any of those like special events or anything like that. And, you know, and usually this is the time of, this is the time of year when like cons are like a big deal. Yeah, pre comic book day was postponed, too. Yeah, yeah, there's no yeah, no free comic. Yeah, yeah so, it's, it's a trip, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you guys um before we move on, how did you guys feel living in a world without like comic books for essentially like two months? It gave me the opportunity to get to move on to the backlog of comic books I've been wanting to read. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing new is coming out. I, yeah. I had to stop and then go. All right, well, I've been wanting to read this. <laughs> so it gave me the opportunity to kind of go like, all right, well, that's on the brakes, so I can read a comic. Like, it's been, it's given me enough time to kind of, like, catch up on a couple of other issues. Yeah. The stories. <laughs> yeah, I was just reading, like, random back issues of, uh, you know, either, like, graphic novels I had or just, like, stuff I could find through, you know, DC Universe, things like that. Like, yeah, from the 70s, things like that. Um, Renee, did you read anything? In these last two months? Yeah. No, um, so throughout this whole thing, I was actually staying at my um, girlfriend's house in Manchester, oh. and mm-hmm. uh, the whole time we were there, I was like, oh, I brought some comics with me that I was going to catch up on, but then I ended up rereading comic books that I couldn't find physically, but I read some digitally, um, okay. was uh, the Fables comic book. Oh, nice. So those are really good. I forgot how good they were. And then I was always on my phones, and my girlfriend was like, "What are you doing? You're always on your phone every night." I'm like, "I'm reading. I'm reading an issue of Fables." She goes, "Fables? What?" <laughs> and I was like, "I'm like, you know that show, Once Upon a Time? Yeah, this is better." Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you should uh, mm-hmm. you should show her uh, Wolf Among Us, man. You should show her the video yeah. game, The Wolf Among Us. So no, it's funny. She watches a lot of uh, YouTube video gamers like Mark Rapire and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when I explained Fables to her she goes that sounds just like that video game uh wolf among us i'm like that's what it's based off of <laughs> the comic came first <laughs> yeah. yeah which also speaking of which it's getting a it's getting a second season super exciting yeah, yeah. um so microsoft ended up buying out telltale uh games and they bought out all their licenses so they, nice. have they have they mentioned batman yet or no 
they haven't mentioned another Batman, but I'm I'm assuming they're going to see because they're the one uh because it was uh Robert Kirkman who finished uh The Walking Dead. Mm. Robert, it was Robert Kirkman's company that actually bought The Walking Dead back from Telltale. And then mm. they already had like a game that was like ninety percent finished. Mm-hmm. It was like ninety percent finished, and then they ended up buying it, getting all the actors back, and going, "Okay, cool, we're gonna finish this game." And then so that way we could finish the series. And then uh, when Telltale Games officially closed, and they and basically all the employees went out of business and everything like that. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is that the because originally Telltale was already starting on you know on my on that whole thing. But I think that they're trying to revamp the engine so that way it works a lot smoother and it goes because Microsoft has like really high standards of like yeah. if it doesn't work if it doesn't work correctly then we're not sending it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's I've worked, I, I've spoken with a couple of uh, Microsoft representatives. They're just like yeah if that if it doesn't work then we're not sending it out. Like we're we're not even going to announce it or anything like that. Like it needs to get beta tested to all hell. So I'm hoping that that's the reason what's taking so long. Also, the the pandemic and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of valid reasons. For yeah. So, but I'm I I can't wait for that for that, uh, which are that season two to come out, man. That yeah. that's gonna be amazing. That'll be dope. Yeah, I don't good. know if you, I don't know if you guys played the Walking the the Walking Dead uh, series, but that was yes. a great story all the way through and including a great ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't finished it, but yeah, I played a few mm. um, seasons. Um, so just going off of just what we were reading, um, we asked a few Twitter followers what they were reading. Um, I'm just going to read that out. Um, we have Miles A. Harris. He said, Jason Aaron's Mighty Thor run. Waltzheim Thor run. Bitterroot, Ex Machina. Low, Fables, uh, Infinity by Jonathan Hickman. Nice. America. American Vampire and the first two volumes of Sandman and Sandman Overture. Mm-hmm. Uh, good titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy <laughs> has good taste. Um, Jamie the Mando, or was it at Way to Dawn eighty six? Put Rise of Kylo Ren, Immortal Hulk, Fantastic Four, X Men, and of course the Amazing Spider Man. Nice. Those are solid choices. Yeah, at Rover two two three, I am reading a couple of Peter Davin's work at the moment. His Spider Man one movie novel and his Hulk collection, which is excellent. Okay, uh, yeah. At Jacob Knight underscore JK Young Justice twenty nineteen, Wonder Woman Dead Earth, Champions twenty sixteen, Excalibur twenty nineteen, and as of late Crisis Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's a lot of a lot of comics there, but. He has some good choices. It was a good mixture of new and new and old stuff. That's pretty yeah, good. <laughs> right? yeah. I gotta go go to go back to the old stuff sometimes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah, um, thank you everyone for answering that question on Twitter. We appreciate it. Um, our next uh, topic is um, is uh, kind of like, I guess like a prompt to everyone. So on the the Batwoman TV show on the CW, I'm not sure if anyone watches that. Yes. Nick watches. Okay, Nick watches everything Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, Ru- Ruby Rose left the show after one season. Yeah, That's, yeah, uh, that, that really shocked he, me. Actually. Uh, yeah. you know what? I I always thought that Ruby Rose was an odd choice for Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, like like I thought it was a good choice. Like I was like, oh yeah, she could play a, like a really good Batwoman and stuff like that. But 
I don't like. I thought she was like too big of a name. Like, I, yeah. I like. I know she's not like super super famous, but I mean, she's actually like been in movies and she's done all these other things. Where it's kind of like, it just takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Do like an entire series. Yeah. Um, like, and she could be doing other things, like a Fast and the Furious movie or whatever. Yeah, because um, those um it, those CW shows are like all year round, right? Yeah, they like not only that, but also you have to like move to Toronto. Like you have to move to Vancouver. Like there's yeah. no and like you're there. Like you're stuck in Vancouver for a couple of for like months. Mm-hmm. And like that's just kind of where you live for a while. Well, I know that that one was shot in Vancouver and Chicago. Right. Is I think mm-hmm. all the exterior scenes were shot in Chicago and then like all like the like the like the actual um studio scene the mm-hmm. or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not entirely too surprised because not only that, but also for that show. I mean, if you've seen Stephen Amell and if you've also seen uh, Grant Gustin or any of the other people that are on Legends or anything like that, you, it's kind of like you know, in a superhero movie, you can you you know you do all this exercise and you do all this work and then you do three months of you know the movie. You do three to five months of a movie and then you can kind of go, okay, cool. I don't have to do this like this workout anymore. Mm-hmm or anything like that whereas on this series you have to consistently be in that shape you can't yeah. just like you know, okay cool like i'm in the show now now i i can like stop doing whatever it is whatever workout it is like Stephen amell used to work out every day like that yeah. was, like, it's, a lifestyle. It was just, yeah it was like it was a lifestyle so does grant gustin grant gustin runs like all the time just to stay in that like that lean shape for uh, the flash like it, it's one of those things yeah. of like it, it's it you change your entire lifestyle just to be mm-hmm. on this show yeah, like, can you imagine just, like, eating, like, that all the time? Just, like, can't eat, you know, like, certain foods or, you're, like, exercising all the time? It seems, like, you know, you didn't paid a lot, but it seems kind of miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, not only is it just, is it miserable, but it's all, but for somebody who could be, I think also it's one of those things of I could be making a lot more money. Yeah. You know, doing a, doing a movie. Mm. And I'm in, uh, like, I can probably make, she could probably make the same amount doing the entire series of batwoman doing maybe one to two movies a year yeah i mean um potentially yeah and 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 not only that but also because the thing is that for batwoman like you don't really get your you don't get like royalties or anything like that or uh or anything else until after you hit episode 100 oh that's five that's five seasons in like you're yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna hit it in, until like five seasons. Yeah. So I mean, uh, especially if you, but I mean, and it's gonna be even longer if those shows don't go a full twenty four. Yeah. You can easily hit it if you hit twenty four uh, for five seasons, but I think Batwoman only went for like sixteen. Mm-hmm. Its first season, so I can totally understand Ruby Rose just going like, "Forget this, I'm not gonna do it. Like yeah. I don't want it." um i do uh i i mean there's a lot of people that are like going i i would totally be down to play batwoman yeah um i was gonna say that leads into the next thing which is who would you want to uh replace her as batwoman uh as of right now uh there's actually a uh i i really do like it uh stephanie uh treese uh B- stephanie Patrice, yeah um from brooklyn 99 i was that was on that was like that was my that was my choice so yeah uh she can there. she can play uh a, a real a really cool badass not only that but also she has like nice touching moments and stuff like that you know we yeah, only know brooklyn from, 99. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, we only know her from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and it's mostly comedy and yeah. stuff like that. But I think that she could really give that woman this different ethos to mm-hmm. it. Uh, it would be kind of interesting, too, because I'm, I'm, I'm really curious how exactly, if they do pick uh, Stephanie Patrice, how exactly they would explain that, you know, she went from being this, like, white lady to a Hispanic. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, how she changed ethnicities halfway through. It was, uh, it was a riff in the multiverse, I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, the, the, the cool thing, well, the thing is that I know a lot of people were, were, you know, they were really sad about it, and they were kind of worried that, you know, because she doesn't want to do it anymore, Batwoman is going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is that once Stephen Amell left... And the Arrowverse ended. I mean, well, not the Arrowverse, but Arrow ended. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Berlanti and them were very much on this like page of, no, the the before in the very beginning it was the Flash and Green Arrow. Those were like your cornerstones of the of the Arrowverse. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that Arrow's gone, flat. Which uh, now it's going to be Supergirl and Batwoman. Those are going to be your anchors of the uh, of the of the Arrowverse. You know, those are going to be the two characters that you know are going to get, like, all of, like, the main stories. Stuff like that. Like, those yeah. are going to be your two anchors to the multiverse. And I think that's going to be really interesting. I, I I, just think that, you know, Ruby Rose, you can kind of see it in once they cast her. Like, I don't know why they did it in the very beginning. Like, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, wasn't the... The show was in Greenwood, but then it was just kind of an idea. So I don't know if they thought that all the way through. That she would no, the, I mean they they were gonna they they were already about to shoot a pilot by the time that you had that first crossover with that woman like you okay. had that like it was already like greenlit for a pilot but I right. do think but I just think it's gonna it, it was kind of weird Ruby Rose can do so many other things and make so much more money right 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 yeah yeah I guess uh you know I concede that to you but. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's uh, cer- they're certainly in an interesting position right now, and they have a buttload of time to kind of accommodate the change. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you well, think this this will affect the show, Nick? Since you're you're the person that watches it, are you yeah. liking the show so far? Or? You know what the the show has some really interesting ideas. Uh, it still hasn't hit its stride of like, yeah. damn, the show's good. It's still, it has, like, its problems. It still has, like, this, like, it does have this continuous, uh, like, storyline of, you know, Alice, because Kate Kane's sister is Alice, and she was kidnapped when she was a kid, and, like, she yeah. comes back as an adult. Uh, spoiler, if anybody didn't fucking know that, they literally, they mentioned in the, in the pilot, man. Okay. I mean, if you haven't That's seen the pilot. I was like, shocked that they revealed yeah. that in the pilot. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and, like, they, like in right. the pilot, they mentioned that, and she's kind of like an over, she's kind of like your overarching villain throughout the entire, like, season, mm-hmm. more or less. And then you have, like, little tiny villains. Uh, to be totally honest, I mean, I think that I really want to see her deal a lot more with Batman's rogues. Like, she has yeah. kind of, like, offshoots of Batman's rogues. Right. That's, that's, it's interesting, but, you know, in reality, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think, <laughs> I think if you're going to really, like, make that show fly, I think you need to, like, use a lot more of, like, Batman's rogues that, like, they're aged. Like, they're a couple, like, maybe, like, they're, like, 10, 12, like, 10 years older than she is. You know, have the Riddler show up, or have... I'm still rooting for Condiment King. I want Condiment <laughs> King to show up and just like yeah. stuff. You have a you have a soft spot for him, it seems. 
Dude, Condiment King is my shit. Like, I want Condiment King in a live action movie. I think that would have been hilarious. Like, in the very beginning of Justice League, I think that the the villain that he captures to, like, to, like, capture a, uh, what was it, uh, one of the uh, demons? No, yeah. to, to, to get one of, like, Apocalypse's, like, demons, stuff like that, because I guess I like to, you know, capture villains. But I think it honestly should have been Condiment King. I thought that would have been hilarious if like <laughs> Batman captured Condiment King and used him as bait. Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought Why that would, I thought that would have brought like a lot of like levity to that scene of like in the middle of Justice League, he captures Condiment King and he's like, "Beware!" And like, <laughs> <laughs> and just, have put out, yeah, put that yeah, in. The you would have been cut. like, "Oh, dude, that's a, that's hilarious." Or even like uh, Kite Man or something like that. Oh, that Kite Man. Yeah. Yeah, like that would have been hilarious if you would have captured like one of like Batman's D-level villains, where, <laughs> <laughs> and like he would have like used him to like capture a, a parademon. I think that would have been amazing. But uh, yeah, I, I I think you can use Condiment King in so many different ways. Uh, you can you know do different things with Condiment King and uh, Kite Man and all those. I, I think like the Harley Quinn show is like obviously like shown what you can do with Kite Man and Condiment King and made them like legitimate characters mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i'll just agree to that <laughs> um but yeah i don't know I, I think um it seems like they're pretty game to problem solve this so i guess um you know yep. take it from honest word who knows maybe the show could hit that stride when they get back when this is all uh this, this situation is all uh, worked out um renee did you have any last thoughts before we move on on batwoman no, not at all. I mean, I, I don't watch the show thoroughly. I watched like maybe like the first two episodes just to kind of get a feel. And I was like, you know what? It's a show that I don't need to invest in at the moment. But when it gets on, I know that CW has like, still has a still good uh, contract with Netflix that when they're done, they're all the, the whole season's on Netflix. They're already up on Netflix. They're already there. Yeah, you could, uh, you could just binge watch it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh... I think uh, Superwoman, uh, I mean, uh, Supergirl is already up, uh, Batwoman's already up, and The Flash is already up. And so is, uh, yeah, and so is uh, Black Lightning, if you want to catch up on Black Lightning, which is by far an amazing show. You have time. Yeah, definitely have time. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, go go watch go watch uh, uh, Black Lightning. Yeah. I, I, I recommend it. It's good. Okay. Well, cool. So I guess that uh, concludes the episode. Um. Before we go, uh, Renee, can you where can people find you at, and then where can um, find more information out on Undercity Comics? Well, they can always come to the store, which is located at one two nine two zero Philadelphia Street, Woodia, California. Uh, you can follow the shop at Undercity Comics Uptown on Instagram, and then you guys could uh, all the listeners can just follow me on uh, Instagram. Uh, Twitter and Snapchat at Renee G. Bravo. Cool. Uh, Renee, and... is the shop still doing that uh, podcast or no? Yes, we are actually, yeah, we're going to open the podcast room in June. Oh, oh but I mean, are you, uh, I remember Undercity Comics had like an Undercity Comics like podcast that you guys did like every so often. Are you guys still doing that or no? No, no, we stopped doing that because it was mostly solely on me to do it. And between that, running the store and the, uh, it's down to just two employees just me and the owner running the store now oh. that we decided just to kind of like let it go now which uh, but uh i if generally i could do my own podcast but that's not until in like the future right now yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, Nick, where can people find you at? Uh, like always, you guys can find me on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. You can find me at the Nick Valero. Uh, you can, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can catch me there. Uh, you know, send me a tweet. Send me what you guys uh, like, what you dislike. If you want to complain about me, that's fine. I'm down with it. <laughs> For it. yeah. <laughs> All right, and you could find me on Twitter and Instagram, G nine eight. Excuse me, G nine eight nine two. Um, you could follow the Waffle Press at the Waffle Press on Twitter on Instagram at the Waffle Press Podcast. Um, please like, share, subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, and Patreon if you can. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. Mm-hmm.